Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade podcast. This week I chat to the psychedelic porn crumpets on their thundering third album, Breaking Out of Perth and Taking Their Music on Tour. Also, George is back. We missed the phone again, so I will be replaying you another very excellent voicemail later on in the show. Also got a bunch of great tracks of music, both new and forthcoming, so listen out for those. But first up, a big old blast from the past. So before Brian Eno, there came Mort Garson. Back in the mid-70s, a book called The Secret Life of Plants became a huge hit across the United States and detailed that supposedly plants do dig music. Thus, Plantasia, dubbed Warm Earth Music for Plants, was born. Composer Mort Garson, forever a fearless pioneer. The collection of music has just been reissued and we happen to have it on a very, very beautiful Rough Trade exclusive terracotta vinyl. And yeah, here's a taster from it. Succulents at the ready. Thank you. 
That was title track Plantasia and the album is available now in store and online at roughtrade.com. Next, and you'll possibly remember I played a track from Brighton four-piece Egyptian Blue a few weeks back. Uh, They've just released their debut EP called Collateral via Yala Records this week. And very, very excellent it is too. Uh, Fierce, dark and chaotic. These are essentially four songs that you need on your turntable right now. So yeah, check out this track. It's flipping great. It's called Contain It.
That was Egyptian Blue. You can also catch them as part of our next Rough Trade Recommends lineup at Rough Trade East, which is next week. Tickets at roughtrade.com slash events. On Friday, Hot Chip released their seventh album, A Bath Full of Ecstasy, and we partied with them at London's XOYO for a very special outdoor to celebrate the new record. The album is a fresh and essential new edition in Hot Chip's extensive catalogue, um, but the release also comes with a bit of a bittersweet tinge as we were all very shocked and saddened to learn, as I'm sure you are all aware, of the passing of Philippe Zadar of Cassius just last week, who was also a producer on the new Hot Chip record. So... In tribute to him and also, of course, to celebrate the new album, check out this track. I think it's flipping great. This is Hot Chip and Spell. Give up your mars. Take me to
Next, and another Rough Trade exclusive for you, Kit Sebastian are the duo who fuse genres to create contemporary masterpieces. And their upcoming debut album, Mantra Modern, is a must for fans of the likes of Krungbin and also Portishead. But I also think that their appeal is pretty wide. Um, so we've got the debut up for pre-order on Rough Trade exclusive Blue Vinyl. And yeah, have a listen to the title track.
So that was Kit Sebastian and Mancha Modern. Next up, five to one with the psychedelic porn crumpets. And yeah, you're going to find out what that name means. Here we go. Five to one, baby. One in five. No one here gets out alive now. You get yours, baby. I'll get mine. Gonna make it, baby, if we try. So, psychedelic porn crumpets, welcome to the Rough Trade podcast. Thank you for having us. Cheers. Very, very welcome. Um, I'm going to go straight into the big question and the one that you probably get asked so, so much. Um, but just for any listeners who are new to you guys, about your band name. Yeah. Because it's amazing. But I'm just... Where did, <laughs> They're just gonna hear this where did it come from? Who jumped it up? <laughs> um, it was a band... We were watching lots of Mighty Boosh at the time. So we, okay. saw, yeah, we wanted um, a band that Vince Noir could play in. So amazing. from... Um, What's his name? Noel Fielding. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted Noel Fielding to be in the band. And then it was sort of just sort of elaborated from there. And it was never meant to be really serious, I think. Yeah. It was sort of like kind of a joke because every band in Perth at the time, well, people were just making psych bands. So we were kind of like this punk band on the side. And then yeah. we were like, oh, actually, we shot ourselves in the foot here because we really like making psych music too. <laughs> so yeah. And then it just kind of stuck and it makes people think, which is good, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It intrigues them to try and jump into a listen. Yeah. I didn't realize Mighty Boosh traveled as far as Australia. Yeah. Well, I is think it just, it's massive. Is, is it Australia. huge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool to know. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 They did, um, they like sponsored Record Store Day in the UK this year. Really? The Mighty Boosh. Because they put out like um, a four LP set. Of like all the original like radio series Aye, true. Um, for records today, so they kind of like sponsored it and they did like a little skit in a record shop. That's it's quite sick. funny. So <laughs> like blast in the past. So you've put out your album at the perfect time, basically. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and they're like promotion. relevant again. And speaking of the album, you just released your third one. It's called and now for the watcher call it. Yep. which is a suitably <laughs> crazy name as well. Yeah. Um, and it was, in fact, our album of the week here at Rough Trade yeah, UK. That's amazing. I can't believe that. Which is awesome. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that. No Cheers. worries. Um, your last album, I think, came out in 2017. Mm. Um, so I was going to ask you how much you feel your music has kind of evolved since those earlier records, because I think you did like a part one and a part two yeah. in two consecutive years, and you've had a little break. Yeah. Um, was that like a conscious thing to like give a bit of time? Change oh, it we up did a bit? the bass side. We yeah, did like a B sides record in that time, and then we just did a lot of touring. And, and then a lot of touring. Yeah. yeah, and I think we kind of came back and we we had a little break, sort of from Europe and America, where we're like, well, let's sort of. Or the, no, it was the first Europe tour, wasn't it? Which like we've yeah. got like a couple of months here to like not like basically knock out a record. And the idea was sort of to transition as far away from high visible as possible, I suppose. Like, mm. that's why we did the B-side. So me and Luke pretty much just, Luke's got a studio in his house and I've got one. So Luke would write a song and be like, brilliant. Like, I'd write a song and sort of, we'd work sort of. It's just tying up loose ends. Yeah. And then yeah. that way we had to go back in with a completely clean slate like, and be like, what are we as musicians and what kind of sounds yeah. like do we do? So I think having that... Um, I don't know, we, there were so many different ideas and concepts and we're always kind of changing what the band is. But I think we just want to kind of keep going into different um, channels of, say, like, rather than do, like, a metal album or this or what kind of albums. Like, every, I don't know, every album's just as colourful and got more flavour than rather than one thing. Like, it's a yeah. record and every song is going to be the same. Like, you want it to just completely always change and be as sporadic as possible, I suppose, with... 
um, with ideas. And I think that's kind of the way we went with this one a bit more. Hence the whatchamacallit kind of yeah. name. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to us. After we were like, all right, <laughs> this was this 1940s track or record that was reimagined in the future. And then it was like, well, it's kind of gone nowhere near it. And now, again, it's sort of gone off into a, like a lot of the songs were shorter. I think it was trying to focus more on like what a song was and how, um, I know, I I suppose for a while, when you start writing songs, you start doing the verse, chorus, verse thing, and then mm. like learning from people. And then you get into this stage where you want to really like break in, sort of go into like more sleep mode where they just jam for like an hour and that's the track. Like, and I think there's somewhere in between there. I think this one kind of got a bit carried away with, um, a repetition of ideas, I suppose. So the next one, which is already like pretty much kind of trying to get that ready, um, oh, wow. will just be as expansive as possible. So, yeah. Because you always want to do the opposite of what you kind of are doing at the time. And yeah. you procrastinate far more better ideas than yeah. what you're actually working on. So Yeah. Yeah. How far into the creation of this record did you write Bill's Mandolin? Because I know there's a bit of a story around that. Yeah, track. that was pretty much after we got back from England. I think that was the first song I wrote when we came straight back from that trip. So yeah, the riff was kind of around in different parts. I can't remember what it was originally called, but it go, all the songs went through like 12 or 13 different variations. Of yeah. Like this ending, that part, this part. Um, and then sort of the lyrics, I tried to theme it in with it but it's so nonsensical that you're just like <laughs> is there a meaning here but then you hear Bill's mandolin and you're like that's the sort of I suppose yeah the the bit that makes sense and did yeah. you all get together to dream up the video or was that somebody's like that was Ollie, Ollie Jones wasn't it yeah so yeah he, he Ollie did. had the idea kind of yeah he, he madman yeah he did <laughs> kick-ons and then we were like man this guy's like we sort of didn't really um give him any direction like or we just let him have complete um, creative freedom and we were like here's the song and he's like brilliant I know exactly what to do <laughs> and when we first saw it we were like oh god <laughs> like it was kind of it was this like this is insane this is also weird but I love it you know what yeah. I mean it's like and I think that's what you kind of need to do with like people who are working with you like if they're doing art or doing a video if you're constantly in the air like change this change mm. this but they're yeah. not going to want to work with you and just give them free range yeah, yeah. Just, and, and then you end up with something really yeah. weird that you're like alright cool like, it is so video. cool it's literally like Game of Thrones meets Star Trek meets <laughs> you, do you guys know Monty Python yeah, yeah, yeah of it's, course yeah. it's full yeah. Monty Python it's full Monty Python with the giant with yeah. the giant spider and what it's yeah. really great I loved it oh sweet <laughs> did you film it in Australia no, that he's he's based in England. I was going to so, say because yeah. it looked very English, he's yeah, based kind in of dreary country. Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, he came. No, Leicester. Oh, he's, he's in Leicester. Leicester. Oh no, the guy who's in um, Bill. Oh, maybe they are from. Bill's Birmingham. from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. That's also weird. The guy who's the actor, mm. Bill, is called Bill. Oh so, really? Yeah, and I met him for the <laughs> first time in Manchester. Yeah. So he literally yeah. would have been like, "This is my mandolin." <laughs> I recognize. No, I recognized him in the pub. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, that's." Now you've just completed like a whole slew of UK dates and I think you've been over to Europe and now come back and then you're yeah. going to go away again and then come back again. So you're like constantly yeah. touring and I think your live shows are such a huge part of what makes you guys so special and what's generated this incredible fan base. When you travel internationally, are your audiences... Are their responses very different? Do you get different vibes from like a US audience to a UK yeah. audience to uh, a home crowd? English uh, audiences chant the riffs, like, which is mad. So they'll like, some people sing along, but 
when we do Bill's mandolin, you just it's like almost like a football chant thing. It's like da 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 da. It's all like high this, energy, but yeah. there's like variations of energy. Like, and they chant think, back yeah. after the songs. Like, yeah, the there's chanting here. Scotland as well. They're like, are just so they want to interact more. I Americans are very conservative moshers. Like, okay, like they. They're like very aware. Like, yeah, I remember the first show we did in Wisconsin. It was our first ever US show, and they were like in a single file to stage dive off the stage. It was like single file waiting to catch, and then and then like there would people be ready like. It wasn't just like <laughs> yeah. people just sprinting and jumping. It was like, and jumping. It was yeah. like, it was. People, like yeah. everyone's like, all right, it's your ready. turn. Yeah. It was like someone controlling a children's birthday party. <laughs> but it was kind of funny. Was, yeah. And then, it, but New York was pretty mental. There was people just going like, it, it was just turbulence. Was, yeah. Yeah. I think the bigger the room, the more like people you're going to get, like, I suppose, interacting or death death pits <laughs> no you don't want to go death pits there were some death <laughs> we were pits. talking about it because we were like we want to just we be just a to play lighter songs yeah we need yeah. to play some light music so everyone can just go and enjoy themselves so some poor bloke like did his acl in um hamburg oh like his whole knee was out and he's like <laughs> oh, oh god a free shirt like, like, you need to go to hospital, man. <laughs> like, yeah like poor bloke and then some girl did it in leicester some we, we feel so guilty yeah like, we can't have this like we need no. everyone to sort of like look out I for mean, each other if we were <laughs> slipknot it would be different. <laughs> yeah can you imagine but we're nice yeah we're nice yeah. people yeah um i guess like a lot of australian bands can't afford to tour internationally or don't necessarily get the opportunity to yeah. when would when did you guys kind of first do a tour just, outside of australia september yeah it was, was the first literally time. september was last year yeah, yeah. oh wow and we just trip. emptied our yeah pockets, we were like because in australia <laughs> it's kind of strange to get into finance of it but i don't know here you've got like promoter to pay venue to pay it's more expensive to, to like, do and so you're like yeah. wow we made like i don't know and you get a fee so say in australia you play to like um, 300 people in your local pub, $10 a ticket. So you'll get three grand. Yeah. Like that'll be yours. And then you can be like, sweet. And the like, bar takes everything. Yeah. Else. The bar takes the alcohol cup. But here it's like, sweet. We just sold out like this 300 cap room. They're like, brilliant. And once everything's done, you've broke even and you ride it. It's like, you and you got to build the trust. You're like, what? Yeah. Wow. And where are you, money? Like, yeah. also, there's like guaranteed like amounts you get paid because they don't trust you. Obviously, they're like, there's a new band from God knows where. Yeah. It's coming yeah. Over and- yeah but it's different yeah it's yeah. definitely if you're yeah starting out it's like super i mean we're still sort of breaking even just so yeah it's like you just got to keep doing it yeah and were you encouraged by obviously we can mention bands like tame impala King yeah, Gizzard, yeah, yeah. pond oh yeah they've always been internationally yeah inclined bands do you feel ever did you ever have this kind of like nervousness about being compared to them no. I, don't think it's I think we knew that was going to happen straight off because we love them. Like, that is well, pretty much all we listened to for ages was Tame and Parlor and yeah. Pond, King Gizzard, Unknown More Orchestra, the OCs. Like, and I think everyone sort of forms their own hybrid sound off it. Like, if you say, like, everyone, every psych band now has, like, been influenced by Kevin Parker, like, Tame and Parlor, just purely because that Inner Speaker album was just too hard to miss. And if like if you missed it, like you're gonna release bad music because of it, because you need to listen to the album. I think, and then coming from Perth, it was so it's almost like stapled into like the local scene. Yeah. So after that, it's like you can't even use a phaser pedal anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you can't. Magdemarco owns the chorus pedal. <laughs> yeah. Kevin owns the phaser. Yeah. You are. So now you're like, what else? delays <laughs> <and buzz. laughs> but I guess did they give you kind no, of a confidence that that sort of music was going to be 
well received and that uh, there were people yeah, out there that wanted to hear it. Definitely knew that there was the opportunity to kind of that you could be in guitar based music and you could do that still yeah. and have a career out of it. You know, like it wasn't completely dead. They mm. kind of brought back a yeah. whole era of But I still think music. we didn't really think But it anything. wasn't in anyone's heads. No. It was just like making music that you like, liked. Yeah, and we were just That's emulating it. sort of I suppose what was happening in Perth yeah. and what was going on at the time. And then you sort of it literally did take off like pretty much from September. Like a couple of months before that, we were just doing local shows and then heading off to maybe Melbourne like yeah. on the weekend and then all of a sudden you're like all right now you're going to Europe and you're not coming back for like wow. a year and a bit so we're like so Whoa. that's pretty swift and then everything yeah. since then just been... yeah and then like you're going to Japan you're going here so we're like what the hell it's good yeah. our passport looks sick like, <laughs> got these stamps. but we're like trying to do washing because we're all sort of I don't know is it new I've lo- I lose yeah. clothes as yeah, well yeah like, <laughs> And I his SIM cards. This, I just leave Man, things I everywhere. lose phones yeah. all the time. Jack Credit loses cards, a phone like, every tour. God, yeah, that's like it's my worst so nightmare. Every but, tour. You yeah. literally have lost a phone <laughs> yeah. every tour. I lost one in Glasgow and luckily the guy <laughs> sent it back to us. Which <laughs> oh, was nuts. nice. Yeah. But I was so I was like, I can't lose another one. Like, that would have been my third phone. Like in the space paying of off like three a year. phone <laughs> plans. I'm paying off two phone plans. Oh my god. That's such a nightmare. Yeah. No, I think the um Back to the music, I suppose. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. They, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess some bands put out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess some bands have to put out like five, six, seven records before they would, you know. We had this discussion today to, to take yeah, it away. Weird, I suppose because we were saying like, obviously you got Gizzard, like yeah, they would. We're sort of just trying to work out what point we're at because you you you're in the eye of the storm, I suppose, more than aware of what's happening around you, like. So for us, it's kind of, where are we? Like, you'd compare yourself. So we were like, mm. are we, where were Tame when we, they were sort of doing this? And then where were Gizzard when they were doing this? Or look at other bands. And then you sort of look at bands like Arctic Monkeys that just like took the world over like straight yeah. away. And you're like, yeah. oh, like that, that's a real band. Or then we would look at like Killers or people. But I suppose it is like, you, you can't compare yourself to others, I suppose, because you're just going to start feeling bad that you're not in their position or yeah. you start getting like egotistical like oh well, I'm right better but yeah. you're not it's like because you might just flop the next day yeah. so. and it's not always down to like to talent or musicality it's sometimes yeah. it's just luck yeah and oh, yeah. people yeah. getting yeah, luckier definitely. than others we have been very lucky as well obviously just sight music coming back again yeah. <laughs> which is great and yeah helping like vinyl coming back as well yeah, yeah. the revival of that has pretty much helped us fund all the tours. Yeah. yeah it has. If we didn't have that, we would be seriously yeah. struggling. I, I mean, your vinyl record's one of the, the coolest I've seen this year. Oh, that's Literally. it. Thank you. Well, we got like mental yeah. splattery. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see the. Um, we've got an Australian, Australian one as well. As well. But oh, right. It's only just arrived in the country. So it was had stuck to... in customs. <laughs> stuck in... So <laughs> Is the it the same colour? No. Nah. Different design. It's like a red and an orange splatter. But I never got into vinyl until sort of starting the band, like with Luke, because Luke's always collected records. It's cool having that um, conscious, yeah, just being aware that your product's like it's not just music. It's like here is the whole like thing of it. So and being able to have that record with like physical and seeing it in a shop, I'd put it on the hot stuff. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I took it took it out of its uh, Australian what do you call it section? Yeah, (laughs) there's a section called hot stuff. I was like, I'm putting it there. Yeah. Well, it's very warranted to just go get there. offered a job here. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just start moving all the stuff. Just start working. Just come you can just come work here when you're over in between yeah. gigs. Um I've kind of asked this question 
or touched on it already a bit, but this album, what has it opened for you in terms of exploring different sounds, exploring different ways that you perform, that's going to kind of inform what you go on and do yeah. in the next couple of years? I think the biggest one, it's made us get Chris in the band, like now a five-piece. So I think before, like when we were playing as a four-piece, we always talked about how we're going to do sort of the songs like from the old albums like Denmark or Adult and things like with the orchestral kind of sounds rather than getting an orchestra in, like right mm. or songs that we couldn't play before so it was almost like all of us just sort of had a chat at jam we're like we need to sort of expand as a band and start playing some of the songs that we've recorded that we can't play live so Chris now plays with us and instantly it's just yeah. it feels so it's right full. It like full even the room. stage plan and like looking at us on stage like i'd mm. usually play with danny right behind me blah, like stuck <laughs> into a fold back but now we're like all right let's move him to the left get him over there like yeah it and, just feels a bit more complete yeah yeah i think as well like going forward that completely opens up so many doors to record or more possibilities another brain to sort of shoot things off in a studio because yeah. he records himself as well has a studio and it's been like kicking around the perf scene since we have so always play with him. We actually saw him play the first time playing a, um, and was it a guitar hero guitar that he controlled <laughs> onto a, uh, some sort of weird, I don't know what he'd had it. I don't know. But he was on stage playing a guitar hero guitar, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> and, it, and he was making sounds with the toggles. And like, I was yeah, like, I whoever's done what, that. Yeah. It was like a chaos pad or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so we're like, all right. But now he plays actual guitar and keys, so yeah. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> and do you have a preference for playing like, big festival or kind of like more not like obviously not staging but like to big huge crowds yeah, yeah, as opposed yeah. to those more intimate yeah, shows I like the small pubs yeah it's like energy you can you're so close to everyone and it's so like we come off it gets, it, it, it's hot it's show. not the most comfortable gigs because you get so hot and overwhelmed but the energy can't like I feel like festivals you have such a big amount of people and you have such a gap between you know you got your stage barriers yeah and all that. there's like a weird it doesn't feel as real in a way you kind of just like there might be like a serious mosh pit happening just like it would in a pub but it doesn't feel like it yeah in it feels a way. disconnected it feels but then at the same time you get way bigger stage you can run around in circles if you want, <laughs> which is nice. I like lots yeah. of room. I think yeah. the sound is better at a festival. And the though. sound. Like, and I mean, overall production yeah. side of it is better. Yeah, definitely. Um, guys, thank you so, so much for coming in and chatting. Yeah, thanks for Congrats that. on your record. Cheers. Enjoy Wizzing All Over the World. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> thanks for having us in. You're welcome. Could you pick <laughs> a track from the album to play us out? Um, I like Desi's Adventure. I think that's my the highlight of the album for me. It's not the heaviest one, but it's a nice one. It sort of wraps it all up. Cool. Thank right. you Cheers. very much.
The person you have dialed can't take your call now. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, simply hang up or press the pound key for further options. Oh, okay, fine. This is how it's going to be. You never pick up. Always going straight to voicemail. You know you're lucky I'm a strong individual. This would hurt my feelings. Guys, it's George from Rough Trade NYC, Brooklyn, Williamsburg, the last bastion of edgy New York City. That's that's actually not true. It's it's quite quaint these days. Um, but despite that, I am here to give you the news on what's been happening over here in our little shop. Let's get down to it. Do you guys know about claw machines over in the UK? Do you have those? Those uh, machines you throw a couple coins in and you try to grab down and win a prize and usually don't win anything. Not anymore. That's right, folks. We have a hot chip claw machine. In order to celebrate the release of their new album, Bathful of Ecstasy, the fine people at Domino Records have uh, dropped off a little hot chip machine. You can get um, you can get some hot Cheetos. They have bath bombs. There's hot chip hats. It's just an amazing experience. I've never seen so many customers get so competitive about winning a 50-cent bag of hot Cheetos. But whatever. It's, it's a great little... Uh, Fun thing to try out. Swing by the store and give that a whirl. We're going to hit upon our staff pick of the week. I'm going to give some love to Garrett. Garrett's fairly new upon uh, the good ship Rough Trade NYC. He picked out A.A. Bondi's Enderness. You may remember that from an album of the month, I think last month. He said, relying on synths and drum machines this time around, Enderness is definitely a step in a new direction for A.A. Bondi, but just as fantastic Bondi's first album in eight years and my album of the year so far. That's right. Garrett's pretty bold. He's picking album of the year in mid-June because he doesn't give a... I kind of self-bleeped myself on that one. Um, check out A.A. Bondi. It's, it's a great record. It's one that a lot of the staff here has been vibing to. Last but not least, I have to touch upon this. Probably one of the most, I don't know, significant momentous in stores we've ever had here this last friday we hosted the rockin tours jack white and the boys came by they played some songs they signed some records all of that would have been crazy as it was but they upped the ante they didn't play in our venue we have a 250 capacity venue if you've ever been over here at rough trade nyc they chose to play in the store up on the balcony to all the customers on the floor it was amazing um once in a so far, the one first time we've ever done that. What a great way to celebrate the release of a new album. Speaking of the new album, let me uh, wrap this one up and have the Rockin' Tours play me out. Here's one from the new jam. It is called Bored and Raised, the Rockin' Tours. Guys, next time you better pick up or I'm going to start having my feelings get hurt. Goodbye.
Thank you, George. That was The Raconteurs and Bored and Raised. And before that, you heard The Psychedelic Porn Crumpets and Desi's Adventure. Big, big thanks to the band for chatting to us. Their new album, and now for the Whatchamacallit, is out now. I'll be back next week with more music and a very, very special guest. But until then, you 100% need to hear the new single from Chuk Chuk Chuk. Uh, The American punk dancers are back with new album number eight called Wallop at the end of August. And I have not danced as much in a single session as when I saw these guys at Primavera back in 2017. Um, And I expect no less from this record. They have great, great summer tracks if you're new to them. Go and check out their past um, releases. But yeah, this is their new single called Serbia Drums. Thank you very, very much for listening and I will catch you next week. Bye.
Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.